on things above rather than on things below. You begin to think of blessings, favor, increase. You begin to experience healing. You begin to experience deliverance. You don't think of prison, but you think of freedom. When the Holy Spirit takes over your mind, I'm telling you, you God liberates you in ways that will blow your mind. And I tell you, it's marvelous. I think Andre Crouch uh, sang it before. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous. Wow. It's a marvelous thing for any human being to experience the presence of God. Someone that, you know, that parties with alcohol on a weekend, he needs alcohol on a Monday morning. As a bubble stop. Of as a fix But this experience, when you go to work, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. It's a joy that the world cannot understand. It's a joy, you know, that people think, is there something wrong with you? Your cupboards may be empty, but there's joy in your heart. Your husband might have walked out, but there's joy in your heart. Joy is not based on happenings. Joy is based on the experience of God's Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of joy that comes upon us. Are we together this morning? And if you are feeling depressed and you are feeling sick and you are sick and tired, you need to come to joy. Not Joy Macaulay, no. You need to come to the Holy Spirit where there's joy. It's not the will of God that we live depressed. Life does happen to us. Life does challenge us. You know, there are things that don't work out. It comes to us. But that doesn't mean that your life should be conditioned to what happened. But you have this inner peace. It's an amazing peace. I, we were preaching about building a strong family. And I want to, I feel the Holy Spirit this, this last uh, week. He wants me to continue to talk about fathers because we seem to really get it badly wrong. And he wants me to, to teach the people of God. May I teach you on fathers this morning? Some of us did not grow up with the presence of our fathers. Some of us, our fathers were present, but they were absent. Some of us, our fathers were nothing of an example to us. But the amazing thing about having a born-again experience with God is that God introduces you to another family. Say another family. 
Some of you are running away from that family. But God is saying, in that family, there are opportunities for you to experience my love towards you. So even if you grew up with a father who was an alcoholic or a drug addict or a father that was a womanizer or a father that was, you know, having children all over the place, God still wants you to have a father. And that's why he introduces you to the body of Christ where you will find a father. And that's where I found my spiritual father. Papa Fabe, Alfie Fabe, when I got saved under his ministry. And I was a very difficult son to be fathered because I did not know what it was to be fathered. And that's the problem with many of our men in the church. It's hard to father them because they haven't been fathered in their homes. So they are very difficult to father. They keep their distance from the spiritual father. And I want to say to you today, I am your spiritual father. And it will do well for you not to run away from me or to stay away from me or to ignore me. Because there's a reason, there's a function that I must fulfill by God to you so that you can know what it is to be a father. Why? Because one day you are also going to be a father and you're going to be able to father other sons. But if you have not been sonned, it will be very hard for you to be a father. There's a lot of people that talk about being fathers in the body of Christ. But you know, when you look at their conduct and the way they operate, you ask yourself, is this really a father? The one thing I've come to learn is that a father does not operate like a son. Sons will rebel. Sons will compete. Sons will compare. Sons will try to outmaneuver. Sons is all about performance and competition. But a father does not have to prove anything. Let me just come to my notes here quickly. I want to show you something very powerful and then we're going to go home. Is that all right? Can we do that? Say, thank you, Heroes. I take a fruit of a I want to show you something because that is what is missing in the earth today. Please, uh, Tatum, can you flash up our favorite scripture, Malachi chapter 4? I think it's in verse 5. Can you do that? Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. Yes. Are you there? Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. Is it verse 6? Let me just 
você. Note 5. That's a very important verse that. Because I believe that the spirit of Elijah came upon Elijah before Elijah was born. I don't have the time to explain that, but I can show you how Moses, the spirit of Moses came upon the 70 and they also prophesied. All right? But the spirit, God says, I'm going to send Elijah. Elijah was already taken up, you know, in the chariot. But God says, I'm going to send Elijah. There it is. I will send you, the prophet Elijah, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. I believe that, um, let me just see, one of the minor prophets said, the dreadful day of the Lord is the day when the Lord is going to come. And when the Lord is going to come, uh, let me just give you a quick picture of the dreadful day of the Lord. Just imagine if the believers who are controlling the train all over the world is raptured away. And the trains are moving at high speeds. Who will control that trains? Just imagine the tankers, the, you know, the... the the trucks that uh, the oil companies have tankers on the road. When the drivers of that tankers, let me tell you, I worked for an oil company for that time it was mobile, and I saw when, uh, when a tank is caught on fire, in a matter of seconds, that 30 meter tank is shrinked like a Coke tin. Can you imagine if the drivers are raptured away? What will happen to the trucks? It only gets a spark to get the fire going. Just the spark that truck will need. Can you imagine, you know, if you are on the surgeon's knife and he's busy working and operating on your heart and the surgeon himself is raptured away. Do you see the dreadful day of the Lord? It's a dreadful day when the Lord is going to come. Some people take it very mildly and very lightly. But it will be a catastrophe that there are people that are sitting on strategic positions, you know, securities that are sitting and controlling some of the ammunition from going off. Can you imagine if they are not going to, be, they're going to be raptured away? Wow. Can you imagine, here we're flying to Kenya, to Nairobi, or to England, or to USA, and the pilot is raptured away. Can you imagine? Who's going to control the plane? You think you can pull out your cell phone and control the plane? Google quickly and see if you can control the plane. It's a, it's a dreadful day. 
the dreadful day of the Lord is when the Bible says God is seated on his throne. Yes? He's seated on his throne. But the day of the Lord is the day when he's going to rise up from his throne. And he's going to dress up in his war garments. Can you imagine what will happen when God dresses up in his war garments? And that's why when he says, I'm going to send Elijah the prophet. Because God does not want that any person should perish. He doesn't want it for us. He doesn't want us to experience the judgment of God. Because let me tell you, there is no weapon that man can come up with that is worse than the judgment of God. We're talking about the creator of the ends of the earth who said, let there be Saturn, Uranus, Venus, Mars, Neptune, Capricorn, he spoke the, the planets into existence. This same God is going to rise up in judgment against the earth for what they have done. They have, they have cursed him. They have mocked him. They have, you know, they have played with him. You know, they have undermined him. They have disrespected him. And yet he is the creator. Some people have said, I don't believe in God. That day, they're going to believe in God. But it will be too late. Let me not go into that. Uh, you know, that's, I'll save that for another day. But Malachi says to us that, I see somebody's trying to ask me to move on. You know, I, I see that Tatum. But you need to understand the spirit of Elijah is necessary in this age. Because the work that Elijah did was that he turned the hearts of the nation of Israel towards God. Yeah? He turned the heart. That was his work. His work was to preach repentance so that the people may turn to God. And so when his work was done, you know, they, uh, the Bible says that he was raptured away. Now God is going to send that same spirit is going to come back to the earth. And I believe this morning that God is busy raising up a remnant of believers who will go in the power and in the might of the Lord proclaiming the gospel because the gospel was sent to save mankind. There isn't another gospel. Any other gospel is a fake gospel. The grace gospel, you know, that we hear of is a fake gospel. Because in the grace gospel, you don't repent. But in the true gospel, let me not go into that. Okay. So the spirit of Elijah is necessary. And God, I believe, wants to use the fathers, the fathers, the fathers, God wants to use the fathers to bring their families in order, to come into order. Because he wants to save the people from that great day of judgment. 
Okay, Tatum, let, let's move on. I'm seeing some grins on people's faces here. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the... I, I want us just to, to look into the scripture, okay? Don't read it like a library book. You're going to miss it. I want you to read into it, to, to, to gain understanding. You know, we start with knowledge, but knowledge is, you, you have to move from knowledge to understanding. And then from understanding, you move to wisdom. You don't just first become wisdom. Going to university and getting a degree and your master's degree doesn't make you wise. It only makes you educated. It doesn't mean that you have understanding. So there's a process that fathers must go through. They must first be educated in God. Educated in the word. Then they must have an understanding. Because if they don't understand, if you give a firearm to someone who does not understand the dynamics of the weapon, he can cause great injury. So we must have understanding about God and about life and about the word. And so we see here that he's, he's saying, in other words, what, what, the reason why God is saying, when I look over the earth, I don't see fathers. You know, their hearts are directed to their sons. I don't see fathers training up their sons. When I'm talking about sons, Please understand, I'm talking about male and female. In fact, if you look at the Bible, male and female is the same thing. Because Eve came out of Adam. Yeah? Eve, God created a female out of the male. So whether you're looking at male or female, in the eyes of God, the original is male. We come as sons. So he's saying here that children, the hearts of the children must be turned to the fathers or else. If I don't see, if I see fathers neglecting their duties, if I see sons do not respect and honor their fathers, if I do not see these things, then I am going to strike the earth. With what? With a curse. So no matter how educated and how skilled and how talented we are, if that is not functioning in my life, God cannot bless my home. Now, I want to say this morning to the sons, I want to say to you guys, if you don't get that right, your life will be under a curse. No matter how good you are in your games that you play, there will be a curse over you. It's not that you want it, but because of your actions, there's a consequence. You know, our country, we kind of, we, we shift away from consequence management. We don't, like, we don't like consequences. 
We like to deal with the sin and do what we want to because it's my life. But we forget that there's always a consequence to the, to the situation. And God is saying here to the sons that if you don't, if you don't honor your father and your mother, if you don't honor your father and your mother, I say this very lovingly and respectfully to the sons, that if you don't love, if you don't honor your father and your mother, you will live under a curse. That's not what I'm saying. God is saying, until you get it right and understand your reason for existence, the purpose for existence I didn't raise up a son so that he can curse his father. I raised up a son so that he can honor his father. Are you getting it? He does not, I want to say this morning, no son can rebuke his father. We live in a society that we have the freedom of choice and we, we, we express it on Facebook, you know, you know, my, my dad, you know, he makes me sick. And, you know, you hear people say comments like that. And especially in Christian circles, we have moved away from the fundamentals and the principle that God has given and instituted for the family. And until you get it right to honor your father, God is not saying, well, honor your father if he buys you a PlayStation. Honor your father if he buys you a car. Honor your father if, you know. He doesn't say honor your father, you know, or don't honor your father if he's an alcoholic. If your father is not getting right, getting it right, you keep on respecting him. Because why? Your respect that you're giving him is not conditional. Let me just say that again. Please, uh, mothers, can you listen to this? The honor that sons must give to their fathers, and that I'm talking about daughters and sons, the honor that they must give to their fathers is not based on, on, on their performance. It must be an unconditional honor. Let me say that again. Some of you didn't get it. You must love your fathers unconditionally because that is the love of God. Not the filial love that we know. The filial love is like the friendship love. How's it, my brother? You know, are you, are you, you know, that's the filial. That means I love you because you love me. Then you get the, the storge love. The storge love is you know, we are family. We are family. God forbid, if there must ever be a divorce, then the storge love will not last. I've seen in homes where children side with the father and turn their backs on their mother. That means the storge love didn't work. This is the Greek language, right? Then there's the erotic love. Oh, well, baby, if you love me, you know, we can make love. Anybody that wants to make love is not love. Because that's not 
the true representation of what love is. Love is not carnal. Love is not sexual. Love is not erotic. That's the way the Greeks interpreted love. But the agape love is the unconditional love. That means, Josephine, I will serve you and take care of you even if you don't return the favor back to me. So I'm going to love you unconditionally with no expecting of any returns. That's the love of God. And it's in that context that I want to bring what the Bible is saying here concerning sons and fathers. He's saying that the love that I'm looking for is an unconditional love. Not puppy love. Yeah? I'm looking for a love that is unconditional. So whether my dad has made bad mistakes, I must still honor him. And I must still love him. Are we together this morning? Are you sure you want to get married? Hey? Are you sure? You want to get married? Because the God standard is high. It's not the cheap Hollywood movie kind of love that you see in the movies and in the soapies. That's not love. God wants the fathers to turn their hearts to their sons. And Jesus showed us through the prodigal son. The prodigal son, when he returned, he came to his senses and he returned back to the father's house. When the father saw him, the ceremony that was held is called the Yatsatsa ceremony. That ceremony meant that because you have asked for something that was not proper, you have asked to, uh, for your allotted inheritance, and an inheritance you only get after the person has died. But you have asked for something while the man was still alive. And by you receiving your, your allotted inheritance, in your eyes, your father is dead. So the Yatsatsa ceremony would bring the whole community together at one point, And they would bring vessels. And they would smash the vessels on the ground. That vessel would break and could not be repaired again. That's the viewpoint of the world. When they shoot you down, they want you not to rise again. Just ask Oscar Pistorius. At one time, they were lining up Adidas, Puma, Nike, they were lining up to sponsor Oscar Pistorius. 
But when, when that, that thing, that sad thing happened, they immediately, they cut themselves off. God says, the father, he must turn his heart towards the son unconditionally. That means you mustn't, you don't see in the story of the prodigal son. That's not the way God reconciles a person. That when he has come to his senses, the fathers are rejoicing. He said, put a ring on my son's finger. No, I don't have a ring. Put a ring on my son's and put a robe, restore his dignity. Put sandals on my son because he's not a slave. He's a son. You know? And immediately he was restored. And guess what? The church brother was upset. Do you know why? Because that's religion. Religion is based on conditions. But the grace and mercy of God is based unconditionally. You don't have to perform. The father must give forgiveness to his or her son. Do you know how many fathers are so angry at their children because they made bad choices? They changed their religion. Bad choices. And there's such a strain on families today. And so many of our boys and girls are lonely today. I was watching, you know, Josephine finally got it right. I'm now watching St. Worcester. <laughs> and this girl who is, uh, you know, she's a lesbian. She longs to go to see her father because he's sick. He injured himself. If you don't know what is her name, because only so deep and he's and he's sticky. What is her name? Is it Ilana, Ilana. In Arama Ilana is Hatsia. It, it, it typifies what is happening to people. Every human being deserves to have forgiveness. And there's so many children that long for that forgiveness from their parents, but their parents will not give it to them. God is saying, God is saying, until the hearts of the fathers are turned towards their children. And until the children's hearts are turned towards the fathers. So, I don't believe it's so much to do with the position, but it's the principle. The principle is this, that we must give forgiveness and we must be first. We mustn't wait till, 
I might, yes, I may apologize. You know? Isn't that so? Have you heard people say like that? Ek sal nooit, nooit. Visi pa isa. Visi wof isa. Yeah? Visi ma isa. Ek sal nooit. But the position that we must take is that of unconditional love towards the father or towards the child. And you know what? Until we get that right, we are just religious people. We're playing the act of religion. And God is saying, I want you to go beyond religion. And I want you to do something that is uncommon. Because when you do it, they will say, Fat! Het sê vir hom, hy dan vir jou so sê gemaakt, sê dan vir jou, die gaan doen en die gaan doen. When you give forgiveness, you never give forgiveness conditionally. You always give it. I didn't even start on my sermon. I wanted to talk to you about fathers, but I believe the Holy Spirit has dropped. This is very important. I would rather repeat myself over and over. Some people get upset with me, and they're very strict with me, because why must I repeat myself? But I do that because there may be people that didn't catch it yet. And it's important for me that you catch it, because I am a father. I'm your father, your spiritual father. And it's important for me that you rather catch the principle, you know, than to catch the sermon. And so this morning, may the Lord help us. Can we go home now? Can we go home now? You're looking so, so happy. Hey, look at Dean. He's smiling from ear to ear. He's so happy. Hey. All right. Father, we thank you this morning. That which I have spoken to your people, I believe are the things the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart. And Lord, we don't get it right. Because we've been influenced by a society that do not represent God properly. I want to pray today, Lord God, over this congregation of people that you may help us that in our walk of life that we may demonstrate the kind of things that the world does not know. So many of us are so full of ourselves and our pride get in the way. And because of the pride, we rob ourselves of a, an amazing relationship with our children or with our fathers. Will you help us, Lord, this morning that we may gain a heart of understanding? Will you give us the grace, my Father, that we will look past the offense and that we will consider the opportunities of the relationship with our parents or with our sons and daughters. Lord, I pray this morning 
So many of our children are growing up without a father. That space is missing. And now I ask that the Lord, because this is what Jesus came to do. He came to introduce us to the Father. Yes, he is the way, but the Father is the destination. I pray today, Lord, that you will introduce us to a relationship with the Father, that we may taste and see that the Lord is good and that we will experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I pray and ask that you will help us, Lord, instead of focusing on our anger and our bitterness and our unforgiveness, Lord, let us turn to forgiveness and discover the power that there is in forgiveness. I want to ask this morning that you will help our precious youth. Lord, they are so precious. Our children are precious in your sight. And I know that you love them, Lord. But even though they are children, it does not excuse them from having that hardness of heart towards their parents. Lord, will you gel our hearts together with our parents? Whether they are dead, whether they are alive, whether they are away from home, may we find it in our hearts. May the Lord give us that love, that unconditional love, that we will give that love to our parents and our children. And so I pray this morning, the Holy Spirit, who knows how to strengthen us and heal us and mend the things that have been broken in us, I pray that the Holy Spirit of the living God, whom Jesus promised and said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I send to you the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if there are people in this congregation whose fathers have not been on the rightful place, who maybe were bad examples to their children. Even though they are adults, Lord, they remember the hardness of their fathers. Father, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, O oh Father, because we have not exemplified, we have not modeled the true nature of the heavenly Father. I want to pray, O oh Lord, that they will find spiritual fathers in the house of faith, in the body of Christ, that they will find godly men and women that will father them and give them the love and the care unconditionally. And so, Lord God, I pray that you help us. We raise our hands towards you. And ask now that you will help us and take us on this journey. That we may recover all and bring glory and honor to your holy name. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.